The Grass is Greener, Dallas, Book 4. I drove away. I never looked back. That woman had turned into such an evil, evil person. I drove for about an hour. I pulled over to the side and just started bawling. I gave her everything. When I left, I gave her all the bank accounts, the jewelry, even my weight set. I never thought I could be so conned, so played. I just never saw it coming. I had my blinders on. I loved her, and I trusted her. How could it be anything different? You know. How could you... I left her alone for four months every year. This woman you could not trust. I think the final straw was we were partners with her father in a jewelry shop and she was stealing about $5,000 a day. I didn't realize she just finally told me two days before that and I would come home and there would be a new piece of furniture or a new SUV paid for. Not just a piece of furniture. Not in the desert. They actually made what you want, the style you wanted it, uh, the kind of arms if you want, whatever backs you wanted. Everything custom. And then they would put a patch under the cushions and designed by such and such for Tracy and Gabriel. Well, you just it just cost you another $3,000 for that patch. Are you crazy? Where have I gone wrong? This is wrong. I shouldn't be here anyways. This is for evil people, and I'm not that guy. You know, I would leave to Chicago and come back and find this. Anyways, when I came back that year to the desert from working in Chicago, her idea was for me to go to GIA school. I didn't mind. I said, well, where are we getting the money? She says, while she's manning the store, well, I'll go to GIA in L.A. And Gemology's Institute of America. I said, but Tracy, we can't afford that. It's very, very expensive. She said, I'll just steal it from my father. He's old. He won't know. To me, that was the final straw. If you'll do that to your dear old dad, 
What will you do to me and what have you done to me? That I don't know about anyways. I called Bob on the road and I saw, I, I said, hey, what are you up to? He says, well, you aren't going to believe this. Remember, I'm still talking to his daughter and She's up in Sacramento, Placerville area, which he had no clue about yet. He says, hey, buddy, I'm down here in Dallas with Randall. Oh, dear God, I thought. (laughs) Oh, no. Randy. Remember Randy on the bus? (laughs) Greyhound bus. No, no. I can't stoop that low. Oh, dear God. Well, ask him if he needs a climber. Randall got on the phone. He said, anytime you want to come down here, I definitely could use someone like you. And I said, it'd be for like only two months, Randy. My season starts back up in Chicago in March. He says, anytime, you're welcome. Well, I'm in California, so you got to give me a couple days to get to you. All right, Randy? And I really, really appreciate it, sir. And then I called Sandy, Bob's daughter, and told her what's happening and what happened with the drugs. She then said to me, I'm going to file for divorce from my husband first thing Monday morning. What? I want you, Gabriel. Man, that was really nice to hear between you and I, folks. I needed someone to tell me it was okay and that, you know, they appreciated me. You know, I had given so much of my body and so much of my soul to that evil woman. And now someone says they want me. I almost started crying, you know. And I was very vulnerable at the time. (laughs) You know, that's how you get, you know, big, tough guy, vulnerable. Oh, well. And they weren't going to backstab me or take my money or lie or con. She just wanted me. So the whole way there to Dallas, off and on, I should say, when my battery would allow it, um, I said to her, I said, Sandra, I just got out of a real bad bad relationship and I'm embarrassed and I think I'm broken. She said she started to build me back up by saying you've never been broken. If she only knew what that woman Tracy was capable of. Anyways, she made me feel good. On my way down there, by the time I got there, I felt like a new man. Like maybe there is life after Tracy, 
and uh, I told her finally, I've got to get off this phone. It's getting hot. That's before we had good batteries, remember? She said, I'm very sick, you guys. Uh, thank you for dealing with me. I think I either have COVID or um, the flu, one of those. And I'm also got cancer and I'm dying. So there's that too. But wait a minute. you Don't you have a job in the ICU and you have three babies? They're not babies, Gabriel. They're grown. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm not myself right now, Sandra. I got to get right first in my head. Honest, I'm, I'm all mixed up. I'll move down to Dallas, and whatever you want, I can go to any hospital. I can go put the kids in any school. I just want you, Gabriel. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can I think about it for just a little bit? <coughs> I'm sorry, folks. <coughs> I'm I'm sick. I shouldn't be doing this. I should be in bed. I had to get these feelings out. I just got out of a toxic tox, toxic relationship. I said, "Only I'm going to be in Dallas for only two months, and then I'm off to do pools in Chicago." I know, but I'll convince you. I finally got there to Dallas. Randy had a flop house, but it was okay. It was his, and that's all accounted. That's how we lived. So I do I think I'm any better than anyone else? Never. I'm not that guy, you know, narcissistic or... And, you know, wherever I'm at, I can make do and make it happen. You know what I mean? And that's okay. He has this God-blessed guitar again. Oh, boy, what am I going to do? In the front room with drums, the whole setup for a band in the front room. Oh, my God. I went from hell to hell, hell. As soon as I can, I'm out of here. I have to wait two months. I have to wait till March. I thought to myself, and Bob, because Randy was doing so well, Bob was on Randy's coattails. He did this his whole life from what I've seen of Bob. He also had chainsaws in his front room also. And when he would get home from work, that's where he'd sharpen them and tune them up and make sure there's enough oil. And all a definite boys club, you get it. This is crazy, I thought to myself. But... I'm here for 60 days. Start counting them down, Gabriel. The next morning, we were off to work. Out to a job. 
Now, remember, I hadn't climbed trees in year, years. I was a newbie all over again. And remember, I never trimmed trees. Remember, I just picked cones? Randy didn't remember that. He always had a joint in his hand, a marijuana, okay? And he would smoke, and then he'd go look at the tree and then go trim it. And this is what he saw. He explained it to me. I'm going to go up as high as I can. I'm going to tie in. I've already made a mental picture of how I wanted the tree to look down here. And what do you mean, Randy? Randy, he said, look at this tree. Now, remember, he's high as a kite by now. And what are you seeing, Randy? And he started pointing, uh, waving his arms and, he says, do you see the circle? Do you see the symmetry? I did see it, though, and I didn't have one puff, but I saw it, you know, the way he was explaining it. And you have to remember, when you get up there, you just, you're with the branches, you got to be careful what you cut back. If you cut too much, then you got to cut the whole tree back. You know, it's an art form. It really is. I see it. I really saw it, too. I thought to myself, this is going to be easy for me. I saw it. I saw what he saw. That's probably, there's probably guys, honestly, that, go for years and never see what he explained to me that day. And he explained it so beautifully. That's why I caught it. It's a bush on a stick. Exactly, he said. So, honestly, Bob was a little too old to get up there anymore. He was probably 63 something like that. But Randy and I, we were kicking butt and taking names. We had two chippers down there. Remember Jojo, the dog face boy that tried to sew my knee up? Well, he had two big guys down there brushing for him. So we were just dropping the limbs and they brush it up and the rest is history. We started going good. And we really got close, Randy, and I got to say, we could go up some of the tallest trees in Dallas, and each branch, and when we'd get up in the big ones, they were like sidewalks. I mean, they were that wide, and we'd sit there and eat our bologna sandwiches or PB&J and water for lunch, you know, and just look out and see the beautiful skyline and you could see forever up there you know it was beautiful and i really really needed this so i had a way to get out of the house at night i had to come up with something now remember i don't know if i told you i've been living 
with Randy and Mesquite, which is a suburb of Dallas and um, the town he lived in. But there's a thing called Mesquite Rodeo. Google it. And, man, was that cool. I'd go there probably twice a week, and it was cool. Now, I'm a city guy. Watching these young guys get beat up by horses and cows and stuff, awesome, awesome. I got to tell you, I see the allure finally in rodeos. And then we went to a few bars. There was a street called Ellum in Dallas, and we'd go there, and I had some girls trying to pick me up and teach me the two-step. I didn't feel like much like dancing anymore. I've kind of lost that. You know, even to this day, unless I'm alone in the dark, then I'll put on some slow Motown and I'll wiggle my stuff and that'll be it, you know. But that's it. I don't dance no more. I'm an old guy and I'm, I can't even, how can you dance with a cane? You know, I just sat there and drank my 7-7 with lime squeezes. Randy had a unique way of getting rid of his debris. Now, when you would cut the branches, they would go in the chipper, and there was a chipper. um, But if he didn't bring the chipper... He'd bring just a trailer. He'd have to get rid of all those leaves and the branches. So what he would do is everything that he cut off, by the time we got home, there was just branches. He left the tarp off, and the leaves would blow all over the highway, even when we were in the city. He never got caught. Amazing which was pretty smart of him if you think about it. He probably saved himself a couple hundred dollars a week getting rid of those leaves that way, you know. Smart kid. And he would just smile. One day, Bob said, get ready, and I want you to shower and everything after work and... We're going to go out and have a couple drinks. Well, you didn't have to back then ask me twice. I was still feeling the pity potty, you know, and I was trying to punish myself, to be honest with you. How did I fall so far back? Randy, for God's sakes, in the bus, in the Greyhound bus. So... I got all dolled up and stink them up on. And we went to this restaurant where there was, it was really nice. And there was an empty chair there next to me. And I was going to give it away to some lady. And I said, should I get rid of this chair? No. Bob said, Gabe, just leave it there. No, no big deal. All of a sudden. Behind me, once again, I got tapped on the shoulder. I turned my head, and there was 
beautiful Sandra smiling ear to ear at me. Nobody had told me she was coming. The This girl was beautiful. She had brown eyes, dark brown hair, 5'2", a sundress on, and just the sweetest, nicest-looking woman, a 10 out of 10, no kidding. Remember, Tracy was kind of homely, but I saw potential in her as she got older. That's what I was waiting for. Not this girl. She radiated beauty. I mean, radiated it. And she didn't know she did. That was the beautiful part of it. And this woman wanted me? How could I get so lucky? And that smile, no kidding. Yes, honest to God, I was taken back. By that smile. I really needed that. So I'll silently 